Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey guys, sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs, we enjoyed those, and now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800 69 BetUS. That is 800 My Bet. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports including golf the online casino has hundreds of games and the race book has all your horse tracks they have every bet type imaginable and the sharp bet us mobile platform is easy with full betting options follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like i did bet us you bet you win you get paid bet us In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. The number one recruit in this year's cycle is a five-star quarterback, and he is up for grabs. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Thursday. Appreciate everybody getting in here for your college football conversation. And have you seen Harrison Bailey? He is in the portal. And Harrison Bailey, I will label as the number one recruit in this year's recruiting cycle. Because he's a five-star quarterback, and there are fewer of the positions that can get five stars. A punter won't be a five-star. A fullback I've never seen as a five-star. I suppose it could happen. But um, positions that actually get five-star ratings, there are fewer five-star quarterbacks in almost every class than any other position. And Harrison Bailey's a five-star who has already played college football. That's why I said Jared Stidham 
when he was leaving Baylor. There are times when you have a guy, and I've you know I've said before when it comes to quarterbacks, even bad on-field experience, it's still experience. It helps. It's good for you, and it's a rough way, but bad experience still helps you. And so if you've played college football like Jarrett Stidham did at Baylor for about four games and then he cracked his ankle and he's like, I'm leaving here. This is gross. Uh, I was like, yeah, number one recruit, five-star quarterback who has already played on Saturdays. <clears throat> so, yes, I, and I don't have any inside information, and this isn't even necessarily discussion about Harrison Bailey. It's just that he looks around, he was like, well, I'm behind that guy, and I'm also behind that guy, and I'm going to be behind this other guy. So, um, yeah, time to hit the bricks. And so I guess, and I don't know, I, I, J.T. Shrout, didn't he go to Colorado State or he went out west somewhere, Utah State somewhere. Um, and Maui, so you go back and look at the quarterback room, including whoever that young kid was they threw on the field against Missouri in 2016. Ugh. And it just really has not worked out for quarterbacks leaving high school, entering the Tennessee program in recent years, and Harrison Bailey's just one of them. Tennessee corner the market on that? Absolutely not. It's just that as of this morning, the latest former high school stud who has decided to look for a new school, Harrison Bailey, and that's it. So I believe it's going to work out just fine for Harrison Bailey, and it should be that way, and I'm happy for him. Good kid, makes his grades, can play football at the SEC level, I think. So it should work out for him. He's going to have a lot of offers. He's going to land somewhere, and he'll have an opportunity. About the other 209 college football players who have portaled since August 1st, not all of them will have the same experience. Anybody heard from Booby Whitlow lately? Yeah, former Auburn running back. Went for 1,500 yards and 18 total touchdowns in about 70% of two SEC seasons. Actually, 1,550 yards, averaged about six yards a carry. And he was a touchdown machine at Auburn for most of two seasons. Then Portal, then Western Illinois, then not playing even one snap at Western Illinois, then Portal again, then nothing, literally. Best I can tell, Booby isn't playing football right now anywhere. And if you can open the curtains and let me see something regarding Booby. Oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, gosh, thank you. I appreciate you. Let me say that. I can't find Booby right now. He was still listed in the portal. But his timeline was, look, we got a lot of good running backs here. You want to come here and work? Nah, I'm Booby. Well, won't you get lost? All right, well, he goes looking for a new because he had just kind of turned into, I'm booby, I'm supposed to have all the carries. That's just the rough flyover. Again, just like I was saying, Harrison Bailey in Tennessee, it's not like booby and Auburn cornered the market on this. Go look at the transfer portal. There's a lot of players in it, and they all have their version. Booby, he actually had a heck of a resume. Most often it's like, I showed up and don't play. I'm leaving. Booby played. He produced at the SEC level. And then he decided, you know what? I'm being either disrespected or I'm losing my role or they're telling me whatever it is. Portal, stop, portal, nothing. You can't force a person to make good decisions. Even less so for an 18-year-old who has been Elvis since seventh grade and is now a bench-sitting machine cog. 
Truth. The more options you give a teenager, the worse it typically turns out. So I can't promise you what the middle ground is between player mobility and, trust me, I'm older than you. I don't know what that middle ground is to counsel, to direct, to help. I do know there are a lot more Booby Whitlows than Harrison Bailey's. That just based on the sheer numbers, that there are a lot more Booby Whitlows looking around going, I used to be on scholarship. Now, just put a period there, and that's that's a, a remorseful statement. I used to be on scholarship. I used to be on scholarship in a conference like the SEC at a place like Auburn, and I started, and I was good, and I produced, and I scored touchdowns, and I was building at least a chance to play in the NFL. Gone. Harrison Bailey, he can still write his, his, his story. And I don't know how it turns out for him. I can give you a list of quarterbacks who have said, time to find somewhere else to play, and it worked out. To whatever degree it was a Felipe Franks, do we all know that Felipe has been paid to play football at least a little bit? He was not drafted. Signed a free agent, uh, undrafted college free agent contract after the draft came and went um, with an NFL team and went to camp and made it to the final cuts and then practice squad. And so Felipe's out there and he's kind of working to make something happen for himself. And so he transferred and he that wouldn't have happened, I don't believe if he would have stayed at his original school. So Felipe kind of carved out whatever chance he winds up having in the NFL, he carved it out by transferring. I think Felipe was a five-star recruit as well. Might have been a high four-star. And so he goes to UF, and he makes some plays, and they have some moments, but then he's like, yeah, I got one more shot at this. I want it to be me. I want the stage. And he went out and probably had about as good a year as Felipe. So for him... It worked out as much as it probably could. And what is Felipe doing? He might be on an NFL. Pro- so, so yeah, he carved it out. He's a success story. He is a, he's an end of the rainbow. So, ooh, looked worked out for him. Felipe, I don't know. Maybe he's working for Morgan Stanley in two years. Maybe he's roofing houses. I have no idea. Maybe he's playing in the NFL. That's a success story because he actually went to the next school and started and was able to produce. 209 other college football players have portaled since August practice started. Harrison Bailey, just the latest. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back, talk more college football next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. The second time we're getting to play the number one team in the same season. Uh, not many people usually get to do that. That doesn't happen very often, uh, and especially in a regular season. So, um, the uh, I think it'd be a pretty pretty big game uh, for our guys. Obviously, this is always the Florida Georgia game. It's always a big game for our guys. I don't know what Dan Mullen said just there. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Thursday. And there is a chance that if Dan listened to that, he's like, hey, I don't know what I just said there. It's a big game for our guys, you think? And I'm not trying to pick on him or dissect his words. It was an in-the-moment just sort of top. He has nothing else to say is the point. 
Coach, what do you think about Saturday's game? Eh, we're probably going to get hammered. Not really what any guy, I don't think, any coach is going to say in a presser. Hey, it's a big game for our guys. The Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville. Okay, hang on. Let me write that down. And if you really want the biggest of big pictures for Saturday, Kirby Smart may have an extra amount of motivation, and it's cold. He might turn the lights out on Todd Grantham, if not more. And the only thing more than a coordinator would be both coordinators, and that ain't what I'm talking about. UF could win, absolutely. But the math equation, you know, this plus this plus equals Gators win. Okay, that could happen. I could give you the math. I can write it out for you. It includes a lot that doesn't happen to Georgia on any regular basis this season. Florida would need to limit its own turnovers and get over from Georgia. And they run the ball enough. That's a lot of handoffs and maybe pitches and tosses and whatever. So Florida, they put the ball, they one turnover. Ooh, Georgia had three, plus two in turnovers. And we have a special teams win of some sort, block punt or return. I don't know, something, a 58-yard field. We have some sort of special teams dub. And then you start getting into, well, what the ground game do, et cetera. And none of this none of this applies to it's okay. You could even be talking about Alabama if you wanted to. The items I would have to include in the math equation for UF to win, none of them happen to Georgia on any regular basis this season. I mean, Luke Doty threw a touchdown pass against Georgia, so it can happen. I mean, my gosh, I can pause live television. Things can happen. But it's not likely. And if a defeat is the reasonable expe- expectation, the question comes, all right, how bad of a defeat? I close my eyes. I am seeing a 38-14 sort of something that Dan Mullen may insist on spit shining in the fourth quarter for cosmetic purposes. What was it, 42-7, to Bam and Ole Miss, and then 42-21, I think it was. LSU, Kentucky. Yeah, coaches do this every Saturday. Because a month later, you look at it and go, eh, it was kind of close. No, it wasn't. I'm assuming a loss and won't be surprised if Georgia really opens a can on the Gators. At that point, let's fast forward 38-14, wasn't even that competitive. It's postgame. At that point, the story could become how Dan Mullen reacts. Now, I'm going to tell you that I don't know how he'll react, how it will manifest itself. But I'm going to tell you what's going on between his ears, Chernobyl. And he occasionally lets that frustration spill out. When he was at Mississippi State, it wasn't a big deal. Expectations, history, what have you. All that's way different in Gainesville. And they are 48 hours from being 2-4 and in the SEC. I think they'll be 2-4 in the SEC now. Dude actually said this earlier this week, and I mentioned this quote yesterday. This year's adversity is finding a way to win these games that were right there, and we kind of find a way to not win. In three of the games, folks, I'm reading a quote word for word. In three of the games, I mean, you go change three plays, we might be 7-0. and You can't say that. Not during this season. Here's what you need to say. 
yeah, we've got some shortcomings and we're working on all of them and the running game and the run defense and the passing game and the pass defense and PAT field goal block and punt coverage. I don't go through something. Just give me a detail. Give me some sort of specific. Yeah, we're working on da 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 We're going to change those plays. Hey, change three plays. We might be 7-0. I don't believe that's a factual statement. But even if it is, it not only is not relevant, I got no, you know what I did? Um, oh, gosh, I, maybe it was sometime over the summer. And I could check, but it's not important enough. I don't know. I mean, I'm a college graduate. Now, this is what I, I, why I say that. It means that over the course of five years and a quarter, I showed that I could continuously show up and use my brain. All right, so I got, I, I got a brain cell up there. I, in contradiction to that, I will play Powerball when it reaches like $800 million. Oh, because suddenly the infinitesimal odds, all right, I'm in. So I'm going to play Powerball, and it's $800 million. The next day, hey, if I could change three of those numbers, I'm quitting my job. Dan, there are things you can say, things you can't. There are specific backdrops that determine that. Being the head coach at Mississippi State, if that's the first thing I tell you, then it changes everything that comes out after it. And it gives you a lot more rope, a lot more of a birth, an allowance. You're the head coach at a place where it's where they expect champion. You're the head coach at a championship program. And at the very least, I think you're going to be changing a coordinator Sunday. That's what I think. Because Kirby sees an opportunity turn the lights out on somebody and it might just be todd grantham dan how are you doing today it's interesting what you just talked about right there with the whole six seven however many it doesn't matter the fact that he even mentioned it is kind of proving my point because i was on with uh, our good buddies uh, lee shervanian and mark heim earlier today oh. on wnsp down in good Mobile. Folks. Love them. oh great guys and you know we were talking about just how I, I i brought up the point i cannot believe that there is even an infinitesimal amount of an opening for people people to believe there are moral victories at Florida because exactly what you just said right there. And then also too, the other part of it as well is I don't necessarily know if they trumped it up as well at Florida, or if it was just people around the program saying, Hey, look how close we played Alabama. Look, we almost beat Alabama. That was them and us and everybody. We have given Florida credit. Their best performance was half of a loss but it shouldn't that that be, was their best performance the this thing, year though chuck it shouldn't be that way i get the pedigree i get the tradition and everything that they had at uh at, at alabama before nick saban got there but also too at alabama before nick saban got there you had expectations that weren't where they are right now at florida they should be high because it should be high and what i mean by that is it should be easy to recruit to florida because my god you step outside your doors and go to jacksonville go to to Tampa, go to Miami, you can find a football team that can win you the SEC and get you into the college football playoff and be able to maybe even take you further than that, but that's just the problem. They don't care enough about doing that, and if you don't care enough about building your program that way, you don't care enough about going out there and showing kids, hey, guess what? You need to be at Florida. Well, I think I might want to. No, you need to be at Florida. The hell with going to Georgia. The hell with going to Clemson or anywhere else. You need to stay here in the state, and you need to play at the state's university I, I, what i'm hearing from you i, I hear a version uh, when you say they don't care enough um they're again 
what I am told, my understanding, Dan Mullen, is there is a certain amount of, well, we'll fix it with the X's and O's. We can fix this with the X's and O's um, and the scheme and the system, and he is about as good as it comes. Love Dan Mullen and his play sheet. At the level where you're not trying to win eight or nine games in the SEC, you're trying to win 10, 11, 12, or a championship, then then everything matters. And, and again, I'm not saying they don't try to recruit. I'm not saying that in the least. I'm saying that uh, that roster is not where it needs to be right now. Great weekend of college and pro action ahead. Let's get you a look at some of the lines brought to you by BetUS. I'm Dan Matthews, and let's get to those odds. How about we start with the cocktail party down in Jacksonville, Georgia, a 14-point favorite over Florida. Dogs are minus 600 money line. Gators plus 450. Over-under is 51. Ole Miss is at Auburn. The home Tigers are the three-point favorite. They are minus 140 on the money line. The Rebels are plus 120. Over-under is 66. Michigan on the road in-state rivalry game against Michigan State. They're also a four-point favorite. Wolverines are minus 190 on the money line. Spartans are plus 165. Over-under is 50 and a hook. Ohio State hosting Penn State. Buckeyes favorite by 18 and a half. They are minus 900 on the money line at Nittany Lions plus 650. Over-under is 61. How about the pros? The Steelers are at the Browns. Cleveland favored by three and a half. They are minus 180 on the money line. Pittsburgh plus 160. Over-under is 42. Buccaneers at the Saints as Tampa Bay is favored by six on the road. They are minus 250 on the money line. New Orleans is plus 210. The over-under is 50. Sunday night football. Cowboys favored by two on the road against the Vikings. Dallas minus 130 money line. Minnesota is plus 110. Over-under is 55. How would you like to earn some money this weekend? Well, you can do so without even playing when you enter a couple of promo codes for BetUS with the promo code SST125. BetUS is giving you a 125% sign-up bonus. For example, that first deposit is $100. You're getting an extra $125. You're using cryptocurrency? That's cool. Enter the promo code SST200. When you do this, you get a 200% sign-up bonus on crypto deposits. So if that first crypto deposit is $100, you're getting an extra $200. Let's look at some of the odds for the weekend coming up in football brought to you by BetUS, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. Now back to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. All week, all year, it's all college football on the Chuck Oliver Show. Nine states, 55 sticks. And uh, before we bring our next guest on, uh, I am reminded of a principle I was told. And it was by a friend of mine, and she is a graduate of Mississippi State. And I'd said something about, you know, uh, growing up, man, picking a team. And she was like, you don't pick a team. A team picks you. She said, And she looked at me. She's like, do you think anybody really would? And she was, she's a graduate. She said, do you think anybody would really pick Mississippi State football to be a fan of? It picked me. I want to welcome on now a guy who is raising his son as a Bengals fan, apparently, uh, from 97.1 FM Yonder in Bus. It is Tim Hall. Tim, how are you, man? Chuck, what's going on, my man? Can you hear me? Uh, I can. You got us there? 
Yeah, I do. I do. Absolutely. What's okay. going on, man? Look, What's new with you? Yeah, a little bit of a delay there. I was looking at your Twitter feed having you on today, and I got to ask you at first, you're raising your son as a Bengals fan? Um, it, it, that is, if you would have raised him as a Bengals fan 20, 30 years ago, like maybe you were, um, you are not setting him up for a lifetime of happiness. You know that, right? Yeah, I, I do know that, man. But listen, I was a Washington football team fan growing up, so it was really pick your poison. I was not going to force my son to follow me into some kind of miserable fandom. So he he's growing up in Ohio, right? So I, I'm mm-hmm. all for that. Pick a team from where you are from. So he's got the Browns. We're in central Ohio. He's got the Browns up north. He's got the Bengals down south. And when you're two or three years old, right, you're picking the colors. You're picking the cool logo goes the graphics and the Cincinnati Bengals are top form when it comes to that with the Bengal tiger stripes so it starts with that and to to his credit he stuck with it he stuck with it through all of the thin so far in his life and now that they got Joe Burrow the Athens Ohio kid he's doing his thing Jamar Chase just fooling the entire country I think that was a setup I think they went into the preseason saying you drop every single ball that I throw to you and then when the season starts we're going to show them what it's like so I think it's awesome right now and yeah I'm glad my, my boy Jack is seeing some real football with his pro team. There, there are some folks growing up that you are earning a mansion in sports heaven later on in your life. If that's, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was raised a Falcons fan, man. It just happens. Let's talk Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, here's my take on yeah. the Nittany Lions. Lost two straight. They are in need of a get-right scenario. And the Buckeyes have evolved into, my opinion, the number one offense in college football. And they're at home. Um, this is not a get-right game for Penn State. Their, their, their season is about to look pretty average. Yeah, I'm with you, and it's just horrible timing, right? You've got, I don't know if you guys talked about it on the show this week, but you got James Franklin in his Tuesday press conference referring to Ohio State as Illinois, not once, not twice, but thrice. It's it's almost like I, I could let you slide when it's a one-time deal, but... You're coming off that embarrassing defeat to Illinois, who just doesn't even have, Brett Bielema doesn't have the talent to stack up with you. Brett was even kind of slamming his own players and his own talent level the week before. And so to lose that game and that ridiculous overtime display, nobody can score a two-point conversion, I think it tells you everything you needed to know about the Penn State. The Big Ten has really just gotten wacky. It's gone off the rails in the last couple of weeks. You still have Michigan. You still have Michigan State, and you got the Buckeyes here with one loss, who I know, I know, being the Columbus, Ohio guy, thinking that they're the best one of all of them, but until somebody comes in and actually beats Ohio State in the long run in a whole Big Ten grind, you gotta, you got to agree that the Scarlet and Gray stays on top. And I'm with you, Chuck. A couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, this, this was the game we were all circling on the schedule. It was get to October 30th, and then we can talk again about what kind of improvements the Buckeyes have made. I'm with you. The offense, we look around the room at each other and we say I, I don't know how there's any stopping this with what Travion Henderson is looking like as a running back you've known for years what this wide receiver talent was like you got the third guy Jackson Smith and Jig but shoot look at what Jamison Williams is doing at Alabama the guy yep. rightfully could not see much of the field here in Columbus and CJ Stroud he's proven all the haters wrong who after that Oregon game and looking sluggish against Tulsa we're looking to see a little bit more of Kyle McCord or Jack Miller he is you know a, a top three high Heisman guy right now, and he's just throwing touchdown after touchdown. And what he did against Indiana, man, that was not good conditions to sling the football for four touchdowns and no picks. 
Talk more about Stroud. Drill down on him a little bit because I, I go back to the first two, three, whatever games of the season, and uh, what is the difference that you see right now with CJ? Normally, when you get a little bit of experience, that's okay. Confidence, I recognize, and everything can kind of speed up for you while the defense slows down. What have you seen with CJ specifically as we've gone through two months of the season? Yeah, CJ Chuck just looks more comfortable. I think that's that's basically it. You hit on it. This is just a guy who didn't get to play a whole lot of football. I mean, and you you still have, and it goes for everybody in college football, the lack of development with the loss of a spring season and with a lot fewer games for Ohio State yeah. and everybody in the Big Ten, even though it didn't really matter much because CJ Stroud wasn't going to play behind Justin Fields. You could have said that for every backup at Ohio State. But I, I do think the shoulder we're seeing now was a pretty significant hiccup in this guy's game so they pushed the right buttons I mean I give Ryan Day credit and it was a a dicey situation here in Columbus because we all looked at that Akron game especially with CJ Stroud coming off of the Oregon and Tulsa performance I mean you had 40 to 50 percent of the fan base and you know how a fan base is right rabid in the middle of the season after an early season loss and that many of them are wanting to see somebody else besides CJ so you sit that game and again I I still don't know if it was more CJ. I doubt it would have been the player. It was the coaching staff saying, hey, we got your back. This is going to be good for you. Don't worry about it. No matter what Kyle McCord does, even if he throws seven touchdown passes in this game, we're not just going to slam the door shut on you. That wouldn't be fair. And I'm glad that it worked out this way because McCord did get the Big Ten Freshman of the Week performance in that game against Akron, but CJ got the rest. He's knocked off the rust. And I think the guy's elite. I, I don't, he can't. He doesn't have the wheels like Fields, but everything else that's there, it looks to be really there for this guy. Wrapping up my good friend Tim Hall, ninety-seven-one yonder in C-Bus. Travion Henderson, good lord. Um, my big question was, like, why are you getting the ball more? And I was like, well, it's fifty-four to seven. It's fifty-nine to seven. It's sixty-six to seventeen. Um, do you think that Saturday, given Penn State, they can play a little defense? Do you think that this will be a plow horse sort of opportunity because he's really only had one shot at this this year? I think he may be the best running back in the game. He might be. He, we're already, and this is crazy too, we're already starting to look at his talent overall and project out because that's what we do. Everyone understands that it's only a handful of games that he's played, but when you see what he can do, I don't think it's crazy to say that this guy is going to wind up as a top five, top three, maybe the best overall running back that Ohio State's ever had. And when you give him three full years of doing this, he can compile a whole lot of statistics before he goes off to the NFL. And to answer your question, I do think he's finally going to get back into double-digit carries. I mean, we've all been wanting to see what this guy could do with another, you know, 15 to 20 carry game like he had against Tulsa when he set the Ohio State freshman rushing record for a single game. So I I can't wait to see this guy unload a little bit more Saturday night against Penn State and the scarlet the shoe night man it's all gonna be right out there all right bounce it around to the other side and I'm gonna tell you do you, do you know what prize picks is it's one of those daily fantasy no. sports you know and uh, okay okay yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. And I play college football on the daily fantasy and in the opener against Minnesota I was like Ibrahim he's going under 116 y- oh dang um and so the Ohio State run defense that I was expecting in week one, they were playing a great offensive line with a great running back until he got hurt, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what's wrong with the run defense? Ain't nothing wrong with the run defense <laughs> at Ohio State after the first couple of weeks. Um, talk about post-Oregon, what has happened up front, because I think the high water mark's like 75 yards after Oregon. Yeah, I mean, they have oh, no, They've gone over that teams. one time. They've gone over that one yeah. time. 
Right, right. And, and, you know, you still have to look at the opponents that Ohio State has played. And I'm trying to keep it cool here. You can see steady improvement with this defense, but I, I think you need to see that Michigan State offense now because Penn State's offense, they got Jahan Dotson, but Sean Clifford looks really, really regular. So, and I know you're talking more about the rush defense, and, yeah. you know, Penn State's got some guys that can run the football, but they didn't rush it very well against Illinois. You've got Ronnie the Rocket Hickman. He's been one of these sort of, he's, he's playing the bullet position for Ohio State. That's that hybrid safety linebacker position that everybody in college football pretty much has. And I think this guy can be a Will or a Sam. He can play either side, whatever you want from him. He can cover a little bit. He's a you know stuff the gap, go up and blow up the play kind of guy behind the line of scrimmage. They're getting some better play out of, uh, out of linebackers, man. I'll tell you what, the story to watch here in Columbus, too, is the converted running back who, even coming out of high school, if you go and read the top line of the recruiting profiles for Steel Chambers, I think like the Steve Wiltfongs of the world, they were putting his future as a linebacker before his future as a running back. So just keep put a pin in that one if you go back to that and you're seeing how this is happening now. Steel Chambers with what he has done at linebacker for Ohio State has been really cool to see. Most people made fun of it at first and said, oh man, must be bad in Columbus that a running back is playing linebacker. Now I think it's the kind of story you need to just sit back and appreciate and say, I'm glad this happened because this guy, I think, should be starting at linebacker for Ohio State. He's that good of a player, and I think this just opens up a new world for him and an NFL future as well. I'm not asking if it ever cracked or left or whatever. I'm saying, like, right now, is that Ohio? Do you do you think that do you feel that Ohio State level of confidence uh, is there with the roster? Like they're looking around, kind of feeling themselves now, going, "All right, yeah, we're back." I appreciate what everybody said six weeks ago, throwing dirt on us, but um, why don't y'all not? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you could feel it after the 66 points against Maryland. You felt it again, you know, with the 54-7 win at Bloomington. I think, uh, you know, we had player player media availability. I, I just I love player media availability because these guys give such short and succinct answers, you know. They get right to the point. They don't do the coach speak that Ryan Day is going to give you that 65-second answer or answers like I'm given you in a, when we're doing a radio interview, right? Where I can just go on and on and on. It's like, well, this guy shut up about the Buckeyes already. You have, you have Denzel Burke, another one of the great stories for Ohio state. Everyone thought seven banks was going to be their top cornerback, but it's been Denzel Burke all the way. They asked Watson and his answer was exactly this. Yeah, he's pretty good, but it's nothing I can't handle. I mean, that was that was his answer. That was the response about. Hudson. I love so, the candidness sometimes. This, yeah, swags in full effect, man. Full effect. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, and that, you know, we've already talked Penn State. There's Nebraska. There's Purdue, which I always say Purdue is the most sneaky, dangerous team that shows up on a lot of schedules. Um, but then go Michigan State and Michigan. Those are four real opponents. Um, talk about the cumulative dance card, about the depth. Is there any chance? Because I'm looking for any sort of angle, like what could possibly make me wrong about Ohio State right now? Because I think that they're not only a playoff team, I think they're the number two seed behind Georgia. Um, look over the final month of the season, the final five games. Um, do you see a crack, an op, anything that you go, hey, watch out for this? 
I mean, I think you always have to do that. This is a team that lost. You know, any anytime you got a team that that's already taken an L, you're you're on edge, right? Every single yeah. you can't have another one. That's the thing. You feel that good about the Buckeyes, but yet there is no room for error. So it's always dangerous. What is this team gonna do when it gets pushed around again? Because you haven't seen it now in a month and a half. You do have to go back to third quarter against Tulsa when they were at home where things last felt dicey. So whether it's going to be Saturday night against Penn State, I don't expect it. The one game that no one's talking about is on the road at Nebraska. You know, I, I, I tend to look at that game that nobody's talking about because Purdue cracked the polls. They're a Jekyll and Hyde team. They fall out. They always seem to be that team that you just can't make any sense of. They steal away some of the best wins in college football, and then they throw it all down the drain and flush it down the toilet and wind up in the in the Belk Bowl anyway. That's just the life of being a Purdue fan. So, yeah, th- there's going to be some games. There will be. It's a tough schedule, and you got this roadie at Nebraska that nobody is talking about where Scott Frost is coaching for his job, it seems, every single day. So it- it's still going to be a wild ride, man. I'm with you. I-, I feel it's a college football playoff team. That's about all I'm willing to give right now. I can't go, oh, yeah, this team is winning the national championship or can easily take down Georgia. you got to see more out of this defense. The defense has to become shut down, straight-up shut down, lockdown to get there. Brother, I appreciate the input always. It's always good stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. All right, Tim Hall, 97.1 FM up there in Columbus. We're going to break. We will wrap up Hour 1 next. the king of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show frying pan fire although I do have to wonder about one element of that. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Thursday. When I say frying pan to the fire, in almost every case, that would be true. Saw the headline today that reminded me of something we talked about literally yesterday on the show. That LSU, they're going to play Alabama next Saturday. And it's in Tuscaloosa this year, right? Yes, Tuscaloosa this year. Uh, Odd years. So they're going to play Alabama in Tuscaloosa next Saturday. And I said that somehow, and this is not supposed to be possible, for this year's game, LSU will have fewer available players than it had for last year's game versus Alabama during the pandemic. That's what we talked about yesterday. Text a buddy of mine over yonder, and we were just talking in general about, you know, this, that, and a third when it comes to the program and overall. Now, when I say that normally frying pan to the fire, I don't know how much that applies here because the guy's already been fired. See, it's supposed to be, hey, I'm on the hot seat. Woo, now it's burning. No, this is in the rear view. Like, I don't I don't know if there's a frying pan or a fire. It, it's, I don't imagine it could go so bad that they're like, all right, look, Ed, we said to the A&M game, maybe even the bowl. Yeah, now, I don't think that that's going to happen. But I'm texting my buddy, and I asked him about it. I was like, what's going on with the roster? 
And again, this is somebody over yonder with ish around the program, not media. I said, I'm not, and I said about, I asked about the roster. I was like, how y'all, how's this going to happen? I'm not certain how it's my exact words. I'm not certain how this is possible. Response, quote, quitting. It's been the culture the last two seasons, sadly, and they are following the leadership from the top. I before we. My goodness. That's about as much of an indictment as I can give you. And so quitting. Some guys still wearing their uniforms running around. Again, this ain't me. This is somebody who should know and has no agenda, by the way. And so I will, I will tell you, full disclosure, that last year in the pandemic, it was partly COVID this, testing that, danger that, I'm spooked, so I don't want to play. Opt out, opt out, opt out. Some of that before the season, some of it during the season, some of it's the end of the season. Some of it, Eric Gilbert just kind of disappeared. And I put that all under the banner, under the big top of, well, it's a crazy pandemic 2020 season. A year later, you're going to have fewer available players. Now, we talked about that yesterday. Today's headline, quote, Ed Ogeron says LSU can't hold practice due to number of injuries. About three weeks ago, we had Chris Landry on. And one of the things I was asking him about was Stingley's injury. In fact, I believe it was for the Auburn game. That might be a month now, whenever it was. Uh, asking about the Stingley injury, because I want to say that the Auburn game was either the first one that he was going to miss or it was the first one maybe after he had taken off to get the evaluation. And when I say that, it's not me just, oh, yeah, he took off to get a – I'm quoting Ed Orgeron. Yeah, he took off on Tuesday to get a, uh, an evaluation, and I haven't heard from him. This was on, like, Thursday. Now – I know that the role between player and coach has switched, but coaches should always be able to get, you know, it has changed a little bit, but coaches should always be able to get in touch with their players. And he's like, yeah, I hadn't heard from him. And he didn't sound worried. didn't sound concerned. He may have already realized what was going on. Because when I saw that, and again, this goes back a full month. First thing that came to mind was Stingley's not playing college football anymore. And for him... I understand. He could be he could swim upstream. He could be the anti every other example that we give you of, hey, I'm just gonna sit out now. Because why? I will be draft eligible during the next draft. And I've already got my tape. Everybody the opinion about me has not only been formed, it's been solidified. What do y'all think about Stanley? First corner off the board. What do you think about him? Oh, okay. Well, do you need to see some more? I don't need to see anything more from him. And so that would be a general response. All right, well, Derek, why are you going to go play? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I won't. And he's not. And he has company. And when I asked Chris Landry about it maybe three weeks ago, when I asked him about uh, this about three weeks ago, his response was, yeah, the training room is about to get even more full. I didn't ask him names. I didn't ask him anything else. But we now advance to the last week of October. And the LSU Tigers have so few players available that they will not be able to hold a full practice. Coach Elgeron told reporters regarding yesterday. Now, he said that a previously scheduled scrimmage 
for today won't be able to take place either. Now, when he says full practice, maybe you don't go by uh, full lines. Maybe it looks more seven on seven. I don't know. But I'm telling you, the reason that most often a spring game gets canceled or a scrimmage in spring, because you don't do it in the fall. Most often the reason that a scrimmage is going to get canceled in the spring or a practice or you don't have a spring game is linemen, specifically offensive linemen. We don't have a defensive lineman. Well, what do we care? Let's just gain a bunch of yards. And we'll do that because it's spring and we're playing ourselves. Offensive line, if we don't have enough offensive linemen, somebody gets hurt. And so that's not what we're after. If you're looking at LSU right now, uh, it is a bye week. But if you're looking at LSU ahead of the Bama game, Unable to hold a full practice, which, again, that that means padded, and that means the line's going against each other. That has to be what it is. And then canceling a scrimmage. Um, If you're Max Johnson, you should expect more of the same. And I talked yesterday about how the one ace in the hole that Nick Saban has is his pass rush. They still can get after you. Absolutely true. That's Will Rogers at. Uh, Max Johnson is likely that's 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 going to be your story next Saturday. Max Johnson likely to have a very rough time in Tuscaloosa. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.